Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. I'm Jeff Johnson coming to you from, where am I? I'm in upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico from the shores of someplace. <laughs> Stephanie, what, what's the what's the name? Does your shore have a name? You said, I saw a yeah. pretty picture of your shore the other uh, day. What's Lake the, what's Erie, Lake Erie, one of the great never, lakes. Never heard of it. <laughs> No, um, actually, I've got a great. I no, I had a great Lake Erie experience. Um, uh, I was walking my 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 pup, uh, uh, Gigi, along Lake Erie on a on a speaking road trip one time, and and we're staying at a hotel real like across the street from the lake, and and uh, got to be on the road an hour or two, and we're out for a nice beach walk, beach walk, and we're walking along. And a one of those one of those shore rats, uh, a seagull takes off like six foot in front of her she jumps up in the air catches it in her mouth um and shakes it i encourage her to let it go um she puts it down and we continue our walk we came back it it wasn't there so i assume it it limped off um it it wasn't close enough to the water to be taken out by the uh by the tide but uh i'm sure that bird didn't enjoy the experience as much as Gigi and i did well so maybe that's the bird that's been tracking me when i'm swimming because there's a seagull that doesn't fly it just kind of swims in the water and i come right up close to it and it then it like looks at me and it's like oh all right and lifts up and flies a little bit so maybe it's the same seagull it's still injured from Gigi, and just as like you know may as well hang out and like pretend i'm a seagull the Mm, this has me worried because Tasha was at the beach the other day and she sent me a picture and video of a seagull just standing there about 20 feet away, just staring at her. So uh, maybe, mm. maybe they're planning something. Maybe they're plotting. Maybe, maybe um, this, one, this one's very, you know, I'm yeah. really well, cool. sure. They'd want to be nice and docile <laughs> if they're planning an attack. Hey, listeners, <laughs> if you've had any birds, seagulls or otherwise staring at you, um lately let's let me hear about it maybe there's maybe there's a plot we could uncover and save humanity um i don't know so we're going to talk about adult resilience uh but stephanie i got to hear i got to hear about this first you had a had a home repair you were you were involved in um yeah yeah what happened well um i own this little vacation rental place um which i thought was a great idea until this summer all kinds of home repairs have bubbled up (laughs) And, and and I am not a home repairing type of person. Um, I 
I don't have any skills. I can't glue well when we're talking about um, preschoolers putting two pieces of paper together. I have a hard time with it. Anyway, the shower head fell. Crack, uh, the guest said, I'm really sorry. The shower head uh, thing fell. Cracked the ceramic uh, soap dish. Um, I, I picked it up. Luckily, I wasn't hurt. Uh, see you later. Bye. And so I went. I found the pieces and I thought, all right. We need to put this back together again because I'm going to have to have the whole shower redone later this fall. And I'm not going to try to do that yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, you gave me, I I don't know what, how to put stuff back together again. Um, I had to both glue the pieces back together and then glue the entire new, the yeah, onto the wall. And you gave me the tip of the uh, Gorilla Glue um, clear adhesive. I went to the hardware store and they had a thousand different kinds of Gorilla Glue. All of them said clear. All of them said adhesive. Um, so I was standing there looking perturbed. And um, usually the that, hardware store. That's the one I used. Listeners, this doesn't mean any to you, but I'm holding up the tube. Okay. Because I, <laughs> I keep Gorilla Glue at hand right here in the studio I, at all times. I will tell you this this guy came up to me the hardware store people I always come in with the weird questions and they know sure. that, as I told you they they go and go on break when they see me walking in the door if I go anywhere besides the bird feed which is my habitual place to go at the hardware store he said mm-hmm. can I help you <laughs> I said <laughs> and he recommended a, a slightly different gorilla glue he recommended gorilla glue super glue um uh, gel and he said this is great this will work and i said it's in a shower and he said it'll work great i told him what i had to do i had the pieces in my hand after they had already cut me i was bleeding i had the pieces oh, um and, yeah i was so sad um so i went and i i did it but i went came home first and i googled it and it's not waterproof <laughs> i mean it says it, it's not for outside use. It didn't say anything about showers, but I thought, well, this is great. People are coming in. I have to do something. So I put it back together again, thoughtfully, used my great problem solving, put pieces put together, let them dry, dried really fast, and then went up, stuck it on the wall. And then I put, I had some other goop that I'd gotten for another home improvement uh, project up there that was that was waterproof and I was like I'll just smear some of this stuff on top and maybe it'll all work out <laughs> it, did it did it stay on the wall it is as of I did that yesterday and I went in to check today when I went up to Mo and it was still on the wall however no one had showered so I told the people who were coming in I was like let now, me know what those, if it drops what off was, and cut your foot off. <laughs> the, the renters that broke it, what were they doing in your shower? That's what I'm curious about. <laughs> I, it was uh, two sisters, older sisters. I don't think they were doing anything fun. <laughs> I think they were just, uh, who, knows? who knows? Probably pick somebody up at the bar and it's getting uh, crazy. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm, glad, I'm glad it worked out. 
Well, we'll see. <laughs> These are two young, very young guys who are coming up there to fish. So um, I figure if anybody can survive a shower soap dish. Yeah, so if it works through them, it'll be it'll be fixed. Yeah, so is your is your heart are your hardware store guys, are they like older, retired guys who know lots about lots of stuff? Or are they like young guys that really don't know anything but got the job anyway? Um, they're, they all, I think they all, well, they all know a lot more than I do. <laughs> um, they are, they are, um, there, there is, there are several older guys. They're mostly younger guys, but they, they are very, very good. They are very good. patient. And, it's good and, to have one of those places nearby. Yeah. It's just a little local hardware store and, and they, um, have never sent me away with tears. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> That's good. That's, and I mean, as far as customer service goes, that's the, I mean, that's one of the primary goals is don't make the customer cry. Right. Um, that's, that's a good thing. Um, speaking about crying, Stephanie, I've, as, as a adult human, I've, you know, we've been talking a lot about resilience and I'm, I, I tend to think of myself as a fairly resilient person, but, uh, I've been struggling lately dealing with a a state uh, registry, a state child care training registry. And I was wondering if we could maybe do some some talking about um, supporting adult resilience, because, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this process with them. You're going to make it, Jeff. I know you're going to make it. I hope so. Because you are resilient. And I think that's the thing that well, they've I, got me. They've got me at my uh, my wit's end. So uh, uh, any help we can give me, that'd be great. <laughs> um, when I I thought, as you know, most of my research was on kid resilience um, because that's who I've always worked with. But um, I moved to a different state to a, a house that I'd never lived in. Um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, which was, it was planned. The pandemic was not. And I found myself suddenly with um, having a challenging time with my own resilience. So I thought a lot about adult resilience and how you could apply those five protective factors to what we were doing. And when I identified for myself, I was like, oh, well, this is clearly what you're missing. I was able to like change change things around so tell me about your challenges i will they're, <laughs> they're just freaking insane it's a midwestern state um it, well it's missouri um <laughs> missouri recently changed their registry website back in back in june and the new site is is wonderful it i mean it is a great improvement um the problem is the importing of the old information from the old website into the new website seems to have been incomplete. There are there are things on my my trainer control panel that are that are missing and make it impossible for me to do things like um add attendees to the rosters of the trainings that they attended, um, which is kind of a problem for those trainees since they need to have their training show up on the training registry because that's why the training registry exists. <laughs> and and so I've been working for just about four months now trying to get them to to solve that problem. And and look, it's a problem that's that's beyond me and it's probably got some technical challenges. And so, 
you know, totally understanding. But the person who was dispatched when I said, help me to help me, um, I haven't heard from her for just about a month. So today I sent an email and got one over her head. And of course, the uh, another thing um, with with this whole process of coming up with the new website, they had to had to redo their 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 kind of their training categories, their their core competency areas. Um, previously, they had a, a wonderful, working, easy to understand set of six or eight or 10 core competencies, you know, professionalism and blah, 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 all of that kind of stuff. And, and pretty much in line with uh, other states. And now they've expanded it. So now now each one has got an A, B, C and D and and it's written in this inaccessible language it's like it's like they took and and no offense stephanie but it's like they took a, a bunch of educational education phds who had too much time on their hands and put them in a room with a with a asthmatic um adhd chimp doing the typing <laughs> and 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 so i had to go back and change all my stuff to be in alignment with that and it's just it's just time consuming and it's nobody's fault but it's just a pain in the ass. And I'd, I'd rather be doing fun stuff like going to the beach and recording podcasts. But yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm clicking and I'm doing all the stuff. And at times I'm thinking, well, fuck them. Maybe I just I don't need my stuff on their registry. I've got other stuff to keep my, myself busy. But then I take a breath and I decide, OK, Jeff, let's be resilient. Let's muscle through this. And uh, and that's where I'm at. Um, it's driving me to drink. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, <laughs> that's a tough. That's a tough one. Um, so when we think of those five protective factors, my the one that is not there at all, or that is causing it would seem to me causing you the most trouble, is initiative an agency because like you say it's it's beyond there are things that are beyond our control and when i mm -hmm. think a lot about about in um reading on on my playhaven and on other sites about people saying i i don't want to use worksheets i don't want to do this i don't want to do this stuff i have to and that yep. is that that uh, that taking away of our agency is such a source of stress and, and it, it undermines all of the other positive things that are going on. And we have to figure out how, okay, so how are you going to get that agency that you, you can't, I mean, you can't, yeah. you know, I mean, your, your decision, it was like, well, screw it. I won't, I don't have to like, I don't have to, I don't need these people. Um, I, I, that's, that's to me is like, you're saying that's my agency. I just, I'm, I'm done. Goodbye. And then, yeah. And, and, and look, I'm like, kind of wired. I'm, I'm kind of wired to say, piss off i'm out of here in situations like that so it takes a lot of self-restraint to not exercise that agency and 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 stick with the annoying things right and and that in itself i mean that self-regulation is is what you're you're pulling on which is also that protective factor for resilience is is and that's what when we're in stress of any kind our um our all of our um, um, limbic system, our, our stress response, like overrides our prefrontal cortex and, and all of uh, our, our logical thinking. And, and it's like, it, it's hijacked and self-regulation goes out the window. I mean, that's why people, um, 
often like go for the ice cream if they've had a bad day and it's not a spoonful it's the whole freaking gallon because our self-regulation um is it, i mean it's it's physiological unless we can do something like you said you take deep breaths okay well that that calms down your limbic system so it's like okay all right and and what are you doing to like i mean you you today you instead of saying screw it you reached out you went over that person's head and said and that's taking initiative right yeah and you know complaining about it on a on a podcast is also a little bit of that um a little bit therapeutic but um also gives me a little bit of agency just voicing the the frustrations i think is part of the right the coping for me maybe and and i was looking at the 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 list um that you had posted on on the um the group that you just changed the name of now, like caring, caring for the caregiver. I think you changed it to. Yeah. Hey, listeners over at, over at, uh, over at Playhaven, that's myplayhaven.com is the website where we're trying to build a early learning community of practice. We put together a group. There's a, there's some, some posts there about uh, uh, people dealing with uh, the burnout and the stress and the kind of the the struggling with the resiliency to to some point that we're talking about in this episode. And so we put together a group, um, named it, uh, renamed it uh, Caring for the Caregiver. Um, and we're going to hopefully be working on some 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 ongoing efforts to to be supportive in that area over there. If you're feeling like you're struggling and need a cheerleader or a support system of any kind so you can check it out there's a, there's a link in the show notes um so i think the very first one that you listed as as ways that maybe this group could could support people was venting and i uh, and when i and i read it which is what you just said that that's that's helpful and when i read that in my little resilience brain i thought okay and Absolutely. Yes, it's agency, but it's also relationship. Really, all of those things, that's what you, you're you doing with this group. We know that relationship is the number one protective factor for resilience. And when we think about that, um, a lot of times we think about, okay, caregivers, grownups who live with children, grownups who take care of children, I mean, I really push the idea that it's it's the friends of children. But when we shift it to an adult, I mean, I think that's one reason why so many people got so crispy during the pandemic is that relationship for uh, uh, most people had did not have the multiple relationships that that web of relationships easily accessible to them that they were used to that supported their resilience. And I think that's one reason why, you know, it's like, oh yeah, pandemic, everybody's going crazy. Um, it, it's because that protective factor, um, we it's not like you get resilience when you're a kid because everything's perfect and then you're you're good to go. Like you have, we have to keep doing these things to make sure that we are still nurturing our protective factors because our brain, if it doesn't get the kinds of experiences that nurture it, then, you know, like uh, start, we, they start to prune away. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a tougher time um, dealing with the, the stressors of, of uh, everyday life. So yeah, I, and I think for, for caregivers finding, building those relationships with peers can be can be a struggle because a lot of times the 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 immediate group around you that understands the work is your coworkers and 
your coworkers may be the main source of your struggle for a lot of people um, in in this profession. The the coworker who you share a classroom with, who who is basically just a warm body that that helps the program meet meet licensing requirements, and so it's hard to often connect and and um, and share and build community and relationships with with them and and often often if you do have somebody like that um the profession also tends to be fairly transitory and people move around and so those relationships maybe don't last as long as you need them to be and then off you know the burnout stuff that I do I hear from caregivers all the time that you know they go home and try to try to vent and connect um with their their sweetie pie at home and their sweetie pie doesn't understand how being with kids all day can be exhausting, stressful work. And mm-hmm. so there's a disconnect there. So it's it's kind of hard to find that community, I think, in this field. I agree. And I think, you know, that's one thing that the, the the virtual world, I think, can can offer people if it can, if it's authentic and it can really support you, because certainly in my work, um, there are plenty of times when I, I I, I had the warm body that was just there, but that even worse than just having the warm body was having someone who thought that they knew more than I did when I knew they did not. <laughs> and I guess that's, <laughs> um, you know, and, and whether they were, I mean, I had people who were, when I was a, an assistant teacher or an aide, it was in the beginning of my career, it was really hard because I, I believed what I believe now about how children live or learn and develop. Um, I mean, I, that's, I, I, it hasn't, it has developed, but it hasn't changed radically. So I was pretty much on a branch out over who knows what kind of alligator filled um, early childhood field from the very beginning. And as when I didn't have the agency, the power, and I was just an, an aide or an assistant in a classroom and the lead teacher wanted to do worksheets and wanted to do this. I even, I was with one person once who actually wanted, I mean, actually I saw him hit children and I I was just like, what the actual F like this. And I went and reported it and I ended up being the bad person. Um, And so. Of course, of course, course of course that's the way it works out. I mean, the good news was when the whole place went down because there was a lot of bad stuff, people said, oh yeah, give her, give her um, uh, unemployment because if you don't, she's going to shoot her mouth off. But that's always good. Yeah. But that like, how stressful is it when we see things that we really disagree with philosophically, in addition to having the stress of it's hard. We all know how hard it is to be with, with tiny humans all the time, especially trying to do and there that's not all we deal with we deal with the 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 parents and the caregivers and our co-workers and it's just all these relationships that our job is to to maintain peace quiet and happiness for everybody and how you know going who who supports us um certainly in my family it was it was a hard sell that what i was doing because i wasn't bringing home <laughs> So shockingly, I wasn't bringing home a bunch of money that would offset the stress that I was experiencing. And so my partners were like, eh. so yeah, 
yeah, it's a bridge. So, so, you know, like, wait, you're stressed because you're stressed because you're not making money. I'm like, no, I'm stressed because they're idiots working with me. And like, it's hard being with children and, and they're so, they need so much. I mean, we're pouring our entire self into these kids. So how, how do you get that community, that relationship and, um, it, it, to support your own resilience. And I think, yeah. What, yeah. And, and I, I, I think I know, actually, I know for, for some long-term listeners to this show, this, this podcast is kind of, of a, a version of that community for them, because, um, my experience is that the long-term listeners to this show who, who are really interested in those relationships and real child-led play and the kind of things that get preached about us on this show are, are often considered oddballs in the program they work with because they're not, not into just the standard worksheets and, um, 20 minute play sessions and then rotating when the buzzer, the buzzer goes off and all those kind of things. And so it, it's often hard for, for those people to find that community they're needing. And, and, and so this, for some of them becomes a, a version of that. And I, I really, I really appreciate that, that over the years, the show has become that and, and appreciate everybody that, that thinks such a thing because, um, you know, us oddballs need, need community too. Sorry uh, if I um, called you an oddball and you're offended, uh, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that, that a hundred percent is that, that, and that's one of what I was saying, like about the virtual idea of virtual community yeah. come from podcasts. You're thinking, Oh, okay. I'm not that nuts. Um, and, um, and then social media, whether it's uh, my play Haven or other, other forms of social media can, can support people at going to conferences. Um, I mean, there are lots of ways we can connect with people yeah. who, who, and, and maintain, I think, I think one of the things I, I know you have, some issues with social media. I have some issues with social media too, but one of the things that I think that it has, it can do, and it has done for many people is to be able to extend those relationships that are meaningful. And even when you don't see people all the time, and, absolutely, and, you know, like have chats and, and, and feel like you're more connected. And I think that that's um, really 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 important for uh, us in our field to to recognize that we can we have a virtual community it's wonderful it's one of the things i love about going to conferences is like going and, and being with like ten thousand people singing the cleanup song to me is it's kind of a spiritual experience <laughs> it's just the first time i had it happened i thought <gasps> when we talk about our our that that fifth um a protective factor for resilience that that cultural affirmation we have a culture in the early childhood field we are part of something that is way bigger than any one of us individually and being able to like your podcast other podcasts all of these different ways of saying yeah it i have to make time to feel like i'm part of this bigger culture of the early childhood world because what a powerful, exciting thing it is to to know that we're the change makers. We're creating the next generations of of kids, and it's really hard work. And people who aren't part of it really don't get how hard it is. So let me lean into the people who are around me and and share that culture. And again, the cleanup song. <laughs> 
Sing it for us now, Stephanie. Oh, no, I can't sing either. <laughs> like, I have no fine motor skills. I can't sing. I'm a really good storyteller and I like puppets. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, but I think, but I bet everybody now has an earworm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I think, I mean, that's, that's, that, that sense of community is, um, I mean, it goes beyond just that, that one-on-one relationship. It's part of this cultural affirmation that is so, so important. Um, I think the other thing, so let's go back to your, your, your bad situation. Hey, hey, yeah. And listeners, this is, I mean, right now dealing with this, this Missouri state registry is the the biggest, the biggest chaos in my life, which means Jeff really doesn't have anything serious to complain about. Um, and I, and I, and I get that, but it's still irritating as hell. You know, and I, I'm really glad you said that, Jeff, because I think that um, it's easy for us to, for everybody, the humans in general, to say, well, you think you got it bad. I got it worse. And that's true about for a lot of people. But I think that we part, for me, part of resilience is being able to own the fact that whatever it is that we're dealing with, whether it's a a three-year-old who is really wants to get climb up that slide and and cannot has mm-hmm. been told they can't or is afraid or whatever or it's an adult dealing with like some like horrendous terrible terrible trauma i don't think you can you can place value or or like severity of bad stuff happening because each of us is interacting with with our own stressors and trying to you know get through the day and and channel that resilience bring back from whatever bad stuff happens to us even if it's not horrific um trauma with a capital t kind of stuff we if we're experiencing that toxic stress which obviously you have been experiencing that toxic stress from this situation i mean you know like you're you're upset by it I mean, I don't know if I'd call it, I I would call it more mild annoyance than toxic stress, but. um, But does your brain know that? And I I think that's my, that's my point. Yeah, I think my brain, my brain probably knows. Um, Look, part of my, part of my thing is I like to talk and complain about things in front of microphones. And so <laughs> I, I haven't lost a minute of sleep over it or, or I, I, I don't worry. Or I don't, I don't walk around with a cloud over my head thinking about it. It's just a, 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 a it's truly just a mild annoyance, but it's an annoyance nonetheless. And the things that, the things that get under your skin, get under your skin. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's where it is. But uh, yeah. And that that's what, I mean, your logical brain knows it just fine. You know, I mean, I, I do the same thing for myself. I mean, people are like, oh, you're so lucky. You live on Lake Erie. You have this beautiful house. You know that? I'm like, yeah, but you know what? There's there's a bunch of stuff that's not good right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> Somebody broke my soap dish and I had to figure out how to fix it and feel like an idiot with the hardware store, guys. Um, but I mean, I think we respond, our brains respond to stress in the way that they are wired to respond to stress. And I think to me, that's what the whole thing with resilience is, is developing, nurturing our brains so that we, we can pull in those protective factors. So, so we can 
can spring back from like these like annoyance adversity or like big you know horrible things obviously it's gonna be easier for you to spring back than it is if you if you know like your house washed away in a flood yeah Um, yeah I, i i'm always keeping an eye out for hurricanes too so i'm waiting for that to happen so i'll have something to to something really really. yeah <laughs> um but i mean same i mean that's it it's the same protective factors and you know that that and to, how do you pull in pull in on on that pull what you already well, who you are is you have them as an adult we have developed certain ways of dealing with things um and i think sure. figuring out like but doing it intentionally. It's the same thing as when we're working with kids. A lot of, if you do everything that this podcast and we developmentally appropriate practice and blah, 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 all of the good theories. If you work with children in all of those positive ways, you are developing their resilience. You're nurturing their resilience. But to me, the key is being intentional about it. And so you saying, okay, I really am annoyed by this. I, I don't have my agency because I don't control this website and I control podcasts. I control my own website and, you know, it works just fine. I don't know what this is doing, but so what are you doing about it? How do you reclaim that agency? You're, you're going beyond, you're saying, okay, I could, I could contact this person. You're sharing it on a podcast. You're, you're sharing it with, with listeners. You're sharing it in um, different places. You're establishing those relationships. I mean, how many, if you're having that problem, Think about like XYZ childcare provider who is trying to, I mean, are they, is there a community that is whining and complaining also? I I hope it's, you know, I talk about community. I hope it's not just me. That's right. I I hope everybody else is having problems too. Um, Nice guy. (laughs) No, I mean, it makes it, I mean, there's, there's, um, I mean, Misery loves company, right? So I, I would, I would enjoy, I would enjoy everybody else that's dealing with that system being as miserable as I am on one level, but on another, another level, I, I hope I'm the only one having problems because, I mean, it is, it is going to be a good system once all the kinks are worked out, mm-hmm. and so, um, I want it to be successful, and um, it would be even worse if. If they're dealing, and maybe that's maybe that's why I'm having having slow response times, is they they have a bunch of other people that are having the same problems, and so you know it's it's hard to tell what it is, and 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 really for me the reason it it is a mild annoyance instead of a big thing is because I spend a lot of time making sure that I'm taking care of myself so that I'm bringing a a more focused and calm, better version of myself to my interactions with websites and human beings. Um, Because I went through years of not doing any self-care and I was a miserable asshole and and now I'm a happy asshole. So, you know, it's a big change. Hey, (laughs) so what kinds of stuff do you do for self-care? Because I thought about that a lot too. What, what, you know, like, what well, I mean, th- it's all stuff I talk about on the show. It's 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 uh, bacon scones for Tasha, and it's going to the beach, and it's frolicking around with the dogs, and it's kayaking, and it's lifting weights, and it's reading, and and all of those things. I figured out over time they're they're the things that that keep me centered and 
and uh, and fill me up because you know a lot of what we do, um, it, it it sucks away at our emotional energy reserves, and you know this puts something back in my glass. So I've so I've got those resources when I when I need them. So, I mean, basically, basically being a hermit, um, as well as helpful too. So how do you think that all ties in with those protective factors? Cause we've talked about them a lot. You know what they are. What do you think? Oh I God, mean, don't give me a test. No, I'm just curious because I, I, again, I think on, on uh, my play Haven, I put something like that. I, I had a horrible experience. I really serious trauma um, and had to drop some stuff off. My husband had been put into a rehab facility completely unexpectedly. And I had to drop off all of his clothes. He was going to be there for who knows how long. And the lady who took all of his stuff said, oh, go home and take a bubble bath, dear. And my response was, I, I just said, uh, 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 okay. And turned around and I drove an hour home and I was so angry. What? No, No. (laughs) I don't like bubble baths. (laughs) I don't like bubble baths. And my heart was ripped out and thrown onto the floor. I really didn't think a bubble bath was going to do anything, even if I had liked bubble baths. And so I think that, you know, when we say, oh, self-care, there's kind of like this standard list that, um, but what, if I did like bubble baths, what does a bubble bath do for you as far as those protective factors? I mean, well, I mean, it's, um, um, God, now I feel like I'm, 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 my pulse is going up. My blood pressure is rising. I feel like I'm having a test. What do they do for you? Uh, I mean, to me, and I don't know, I mean, because I don't like bubble baths to me, they just make me angry because I'm always, I'm very tall and I don't fit into the bubble bath (laughs) very well, but I think self-regulation. I mean, if you think about what um, what a uh, uh, soothe. I mean, think of self soothing. Soothing when we talk about kids who who self self soothe or to soothe us down. What does that do? That that relaxes us. That gives, brings back our self regulation. Sure. Um, and, and so, to me, like bubble bath is okay. So that's good for self regulation. For so, like every, if if that's your thing, if that's your thing, right. <clears throat> But I mean, thinking like, you know, you listed a, one, a long list of, of wonderful things, many things I, I, I share, I do the same kinds of things um, to, to help me keep that resilience bucket uh, loaded and my emotional bucket full. So whenever I do encounter a human being, which isn't all that often, I'm, you know, I don't snap out at them and say, how did you break, why did you break my soap dish? Um <laughs> But each one of those things ties in, I think, to some other protective factors in different ways. Working out, like, mm-hmm. what do you think? I mean, to me, when I I was thinking about some of the things that you you've put in, is, um, you know, you work out, and not only, and what is that? That is, I mean, it's agency. Like you, you are setting your own goal. You're setting it for yourself. You. And, and it's self-discipline, self-regulation that, you know, you're going to do X reps or whatever you do, you know, whenever you do them, that's that you're like activating that self-regulation uh, because mm-hmm. even, I mean, I like to, I like, I've been really loving swimming. It's 80 degrees. I live in Western New York. It's almost the middle of October. And I like five of the six past days, I have been gone for really long swims in Lake Erie and 
I go down there with my little chair, my little book. And, and every single time I've been like, Oh, I don't know. Do I really want to go into that water? And I'm like, you're an idiot. Like you're happier in that water. You can talk to seagulls. You like they're wild geese flying over your head. They're eagles. There's like you could you're gonna watch the sun go down. Why would you not be but you it's that self commune with it all? Yeah. You know, self that it, I have to activate that self-regulation in myself to say just just try it if you don't like it you can always turn around and go out and then an hour later i'm like dripping and like people are looking at this weird woman walking out of the water so what um, about on a month and one a month or now or two months from now are you gonna are you gonna become a, one of those polar bear people that do the cold plunges i don't think so. oh i i swim inside during the the colder months i i pretty much i don't i i would like to but i kind of think i need I haven't gotten there yet. You need warmth. I need warmth. I need a little warmth. But I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to think of uh, because that takes a whole lot of self regulation to go in and like get yourself all ready. Now I can just grab my my little backpack that has all my stuff in it and head down to the beach. And that that, that takes that takes more. Like maybe yeah, it takes some planning and some organization because because to to make those things habits. You you have to, I mean, just building the habit of being prepared to do the habit, yes. um, mm -hmm. I guess is is one of the first steps. Knowing where your where your stuff is and having that backpack all packed to go for yep. the next day as soon as you're as soon as you're back from today, right. that kind of thing, make it a little bit easier to to stick with those things. And so yeah, you know, I think sticking with those function. things long term. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Quite like working memory, you know, like I, I know, okay. I mean, I have a set sequence of things that I know I can get out of my house and, you know, like 10 minutes um, from timing, I decided I'm going to go even, even time, you know, like, okay, it's four o'clock. I'm not actually not really good with time anywhere, <laughs> but this is the time. I mean, those are, those are part of the protective factors for resilience too, that if it's, pretty pretty easy i'm sure it is for you too for working out is like yeah yeah it's not i mean it's not like i have to actually get in a car i walk out my door and down a hill um but i have to have those things ready i know i need to grab my walking stick because then my hips crapped out again and you know all that stuff and it yeah that's all those protective factors um i mean that's that's executive function stuff too and the play part of it I mean, I think as adults, we need to play. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not just kids. I think that you mentioned, you know, you like to go walking on the beach. You like to play with your, walking with your dog. You want, you know, I, to me, I mean, I'm, people will say, oh, you must be like a serious swimmer. Ah, no, I go out and I imagine I'm a mermaid. Clouds. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not a serious swimmer. I play. When I'm in the water, I play. And I think that like play is this wonderful source of, of resilience for children. And it is for us too. So what are early childhood people doing to play on their own? And it's hard when you're, when you, I have complete yeah. flexibility of time, but how, yeah. how do people do that? And, and, and often, I mean, often the, the true answer is they, they don't. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been really interested in adult play lately, and I've been thinking about the, the the need to do a whole episode on it. Um, 
a couple of weeks ago, we were, Tasha and I were out kayaking. I was just watching, watching all the playing that was going on. There was, it was like a early on a Saturday or Sunday morning. And uh, they're, they're the motorcycle people out on their motorcycles heading to the coffee shop. And they're, they're going on their bikes. And there's one guy out. He is, he is net fishing. He's, uh, he's, he's net catching uh, uh, shrimp on his, on his little boat uh, about a quarter mile off the shore. And there were people out at the, out down at the beach having their mimosas or their coffee. And there were people walking and running and riding their bikes and, and we're kayaking. And, and, uh, and there's the guys that, uh, that take the, the couples that take out the old classic car on the weekend and go meet up the other classic car people and and all of that all of those are forms of of play just between between 6 30 and 8 30 in the morning and then you know I, look i i gotta be inside by the fairly early hour um or else i turn into a werewolf but um you know but then the, at, the, at the other end of the day there's there's people that their their play time is in the evenings when they when they when they're going out and and going to the club or whatever it is and uh, whatever people do. And, and, and so all of that is, is, is flavors of a, adult play. We've got some casinos around here. People like to go to the casino and, and play at games that are wired for them to lose. I don't quite get it, but um, I'm not supposed to get it. That's not the play I choose to engage in. It's, it's their play and, and they pick it and it works for them. And I think there's so much out there Um and and sadly, I think there are a lot of adults who don't don't make time for it. I I agree, and I know. I, I mean, I think I always tried to make some time for for play because being a play advocate, it it didn't it didn't take me all that long to recognize that if I wasn't playing some, at least in my own way, um, I wasn't going to be as good a co-player with kids or be able to support them as much. What do I feel like, even if I'm just like running my hand along the sand? I mean, you talk about how soothing and how playful that is. There's absolutely no, it is completely self-motivated, intrinsically wonderful, has zero outcome. It, it is not about product at all. And that helped me to understand kids' sensory play. You know, I mean, just, sure. and, and it made me feel happy. So I wonder if, if, if in our, um, I saw on, on uh, Playhaven, you were talking about like the book, Tiny Habits. Like, I wonder if, if, you know, is establishing a habit for play, even if it's tiny play, um, is that, is that something that people in our field would respond well to? I, I, I would, I would think so. Um, because Look, for for me, I've been lucky enough to be able, look, most of the stuff I do and get paid for is stuff that I find to be playful. Mm -hmm. um, and I also try to take a, bring a play mindset to things as well. The whole registry thing I was whining about 30 minutes ago is, is, is for me figuring out, figuring out all the solutions um, is playful to me, uh, figuring out what strategies to use to get things to move forward and, and, and how I can most effectively figure out how to get the next thing done. Um, uh, today they, they decided because of their new, because of their new system, all the pre-approved courses on their system, um, that are usually approved for, what is it? Three years had to be reapproved. And so they all expire at the end of October. And so you had to do all those, all these renewals. I've got like 40 different sessions that I had to go through and do the renewal 
renewals for. And it turns out in this new system they built, um, they they have stuff that you have to enter. It's all got a little asterisk next to it. Um, and the first go round, I entered the information that they said that you had to enter. They had they had other boxes where it was voluntary information. Or, or so I thought, because the first couple I sent in, they they said, oh, no, we need to know this. And I'm like, well, but there's not an asterisk by that one. How, how, how do I know that you need to know that if you don't tell me beforehand that you need to know that? And so I went through the process of just a couple. I sent in a couple, a couple of the sessions as tests until I figured out the code. And then once I figured out the code to move on to the next level of having the the trainings reapproved then i got to go through the other 38 and and really quickly give them the information they wanted cuz finally i figured out what they wanted because they hadn't told me up front so i had to kind of figure out the rules to the game before i could play the game and that's it it's slightly annoying but also playful is mm -hmm. in, in the way i approach it i guess and I, maybe that's it. It's, you know, I mean, if we think of kids doing like, I mean, kids all the time, if they really have open-ended play, that happens all the time. I have this idea. I know I'm going to do this, but oh, I need to figure out what the rules are. I need mm -hmm. to, sometimes I do it on my own. Sometimes I have to do it collaboratively with other children, but, or, or with the adults around me or whatever. But I, you know, like that, they don't stop playing because they haven't figured out the rules yet. Yeah. And that mind, because they, they, for them, uh, you know, what you do is play. I mean, that's what their brains are wired for. And maybe, maybe helping each other keep, keep that playful mindset, even doing frustrating, stupid, mundane, bureaucratic BS is something that we can support each other all in um in in our field because there's a lot of it and i you know yeah. This yeah. is just an awful lot, but yeah, how, I'm how guessing. I'm guessing. I'm not the only one who is annoyed by dealing with bureaucracy. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think, I think I'm not alone there. Um, yeah, and and being able to bring that play, playful approach to things is, I think, it's delightful. I mean, this podcast started because I heard about podcasts and think I thought, hey, I could make one of those, and and there was a lot of playing involved in figuring out how to do that. Um, and then how to keep it going for going on, I don't know what it is, 11, 12, 13 years we're going to be going into in January. I don't remember. It's been so long. The The new Playhaven website is is play because I like messing around with building websites and 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 making that the technical side of things work, but also trying to figure out how what what will what will make this succeed. Um and that's all a game. And I I, I don't mind I look I lose all lose all those games all the time. I just decided um a couple of days ago I, I've been doing you know live online uh, in-person live via Zoom trainings on my website, but I've also built a handful of on-demand ones that people can access whenever they want. But those those haven't, I mean, there's there's not the interest in those and they take time to build. And and so I've decided to and, and they were playful and they were fun to they were fun to make, making the making the on-demand courses and 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 doing the videos and all those kind of things. But there's not that demand there for them. And I'm going to kill that off. And go play someplace else. So I don't it it I don't mind it because because it's the process mm -hmm. 
not the finished product. And so, hey, I had the fun. I had fun going through this process and making this thing, but there's not the demand for it. I thought there might be, and so we'll move on to something else. And and that is that's I'm I'm good with that. And it's kind of it's kind of fun because there's there's always there's always a next thing to devote time and energy to. I think. That's I mean. Yeah, but I mean, even when it's I a little bit of a rant, I know. I mean, I just I was thinking. I mean, I I'm doing that now with my my own newsletter. I'm like, man. I mean, I I ended up buying two puppets this week. Like, why? Well, because I did one little puppet thing, and I thought, oh, I could do this all the time. I don't I know if I'm going to do puppets. I like, I need new puppets. <laughs> um, when I went for my back for my doctorate, I gave myself permission. I said, this is going to be play. I mean, you yeah. know it's going to be work, but you yeah, know what? Sure. You give yourself permission to like quit at any time. And I feel like that I'm really lucky. You're really lucky that we have that freedom in the kinds of things that we're doing. I think that that um, often people in our field don't have as much of that freedom to, to choose. I'm not going to do this anymore, but maybe just trying to like bring just a little bit of that into, you know, maybe I'm going to, like this to this week, I'm going to try making snack optional. I mean, I guess you can't do that. Um, or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try not poking in anybody's like juice boxes. Everybody's got to help have a friend do it. Just like try some different things out with the idea that it's not the product. It's, it's like the process. Are you going to have fun with it? Is it going to work? Is it, or is it not going to work? And if you don't like it, then is, are there these tiny little changes that we can make? Can, can we then say, didn't like it that, but I played, I played with seeing what would happen if that, what if thinking that's all like that cognitive flexibility is so crucial, crucial to, to play. And it's really crucial to resilience and to our own resilience as adults and our own yeah. play. And, and I, th- I think along those lines, we can also play with the mindset we bring to things because, because we truly, I, I think we, we have a lot more control over, over the mindset we bring to situations than, then then maybe we we realize a lot of times i think people feel that their their emotions are in control of their mindset but we can you can you know take a take a deep breath uh, a fill a, a physiological sigh and and decide no i'm going to look at this with a with a different lens and it takes it takes effort it's not easy to do Mm-hmm. But nothing that is new is usually easy. And once you build, once you put some effort into, okay, I my my mindset is dragging me down and and uh, and tainting the way this experience is for me. I can make this shift. Um, it it ends up having, at least for me, so a positive effect. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's you know, isn't that, isn't that what we all want? Like we, <laughs> you yeah. know, we're not get up every day and go like. <laughs> can hardly wait to like go do this thing um but we can we can have some control over our mindset of how we're going to go about doing that and i think kids i mean it's wonderful kids need us to be as emotionally full as we are capable of being yeah yeah and i mean it's probably helpful for little humans to be a, to learn resilience from from being around big humans who have some resilience. And so it's important that, that we as adults kind of work on that in ourselves. Agreed. I mean, and that whole, there's whole tons of stuff now about co-regulation. I mean, doesn't happen 
um, with kids unless you are able to to be regulated yourself and you're able to be resilient yourself. And I think that's um, a great a great goal. And it's and it's like Mas Dr. Maston said, it's ordinary magic. I mean, we're not talking about changing the world. We're doing, as you said, those tiny steps, those what, tiny little things. Yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts before we wrap this up? I do not have any. I'm hey, so <laughs> so listeners, you can you can join Happy Hour the fourth Tuesday, uh, fourth Tuesday of every month at seven thirty p.m. Central Time. Um, we go on the Zoom and we talk about stuff. Um, look, next time I'll try not to overserve myself. Um, I can't promise that'll happen, but uh, we'll see. Um, there's a registration. It's a quick Zoom registration. Uh, there's a there's a link in the show notes. You can also go over to myplayhaven.com if you want to leave comments for the show. If you want to connect, we mentioned the uh, caring for the caregiver group we've created over there. One of the things we've, we've look, it's a place to vent. It's a place to look for community. It's uh, it's a place we're thinking about doing a, Stephanie mentioned it, a book, a book discussion group there um, or, you know, articles, that kind of stuff, just kind of a discussion group, maybe synchronously over Zoom, maybe asynchronously um, when people have their time at their own time, they can check in. Um, the first book that I would suggest is Tiny Hat habits because it's it's great if you're looking at looking at building new habits um so if you want to check that out check it out again link in the show notes and uh um that might be a good book to read if you're just looking for something to add to your reading list this year this here has been the child care bar and grill podcast the world's longest running most prolific and most resilient podcast thanks for listening back soon bye-bye This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.